Hey, drama listeners, it's me, Dylan, here with a quick announcement before we jump into our fabulous episode with Alex Ellis. Can you believe this is our 143rd episode of drama? Crazy. If you're new to the podcast, please jump back into our incredible back catalog and listen to some of our episodes from the last, gosh, two and a half years. Someone that we heavily discuss in this episode, Constantine Rusuli, he has an episode somewhere in our back catalog, as well as tons of other incredible folks. You're going to love Alex today. And if you love our podcast, you love what we're doing, and you want to support a couple of gays during Pride Month, please check out our Patreon. The link is in the notes below, but it's patreon.com backslash the drama podcast. For $5 a month, you can help support us. We release bonus episodes. And we also, of course, have the close friends where you can just feel all of the latest tea. And there's been so much lately that Connor and I have been updating. So please go on ahead and check that out. It's just patreon.com backslash the drama podcast. And please enjoy today's episode. All right, on to the show. Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. And I'm Dylan McDowell. Dylan, the Tonys have finally happened. I know. Again. Our favorite night. So magical, so fun. And it's so funny that we just had one like nine months ago. Yeah, I know. What are your immediate reactions? Are you pleased with the winners? Like, I, I was a little nervous there that A Strange Loop was not going to win Best Musical. I, I was, was nervous as well. I know. It was seeming like... Like, it, it could have gone to Six or MJ, and I don't know why I was feeling that. Maybe because Six closed it, and MJ had picked up so many awards, and... Yes, I, it did. Yeah, troubling as hell, but I'm really glad. I actually heard a, a stat today, because, you know, the, the theater the theater gays were, were getting nervous during the, the telecast when the only Tony that A Strange Loop had won was Best Book. I guess this is only the fourth Best Musical winner in history that has only won one other Tony. In addition to Best Musical? Yeah. Wait, that's so cool. Yeah, I don't know what the other ones are, so I guess this is like a half stat that I'm bringing sure. to the crowd. But. Well, actually, no, I, I love that. I think that that's fun. I love that the wealth was pretty much spread. I don't think too many shows went home empty-handed. Like maybe some of the closed shows did. I know. The Music Man did, didn't it? Oh, you're right. Didn't I guess so anything. did Funny Girl, but that only had one nomination. The same with Doubtfire. And I know POTUS didn't do too well, but aside from all of that. <laughs> you're like, everything was spread, and then you're like, well, I, know, I guess this I one know. and that one. I loved POTUS. I wish it would win like more. It was so fucking fun. I still need to see that. But I had a great, I had a great time watching it. I had so much fun live tweeting with you. You were so freaking funny on the drama Twitter account. Everyone should go back and look because there were some genius things that Connor was putting out there into the universe. Thank you. Oh my God. I'm shy all of a sudden on my own podcast, but <laughs> what, what, you know, what more can I say? I saw a hilarious tweet that was like my, the only post Tony's discourse I care about is that no one's talking about Sutton Foster's Marion Peru wig enough, which on that note, we should probably move on. We should probably move on. What was your favorite win? Ooh, favorite win. Hmm. I was thrilled for Matt Doyle. Matt Doyle. Obviously patted the pound. I love it. Which was expected. Totally, totally. I mean, Matt deserved it so much, and his speech was one of my faves. 
Yeah. It, it reminded me of like, that was like one of the ones where I got real emotional. Yeah. I mean, you know what speech always gets me emotional, which we were talking with our guests before about how we start to become, you know, blubbering messes during the Tonys. But do you remember Katie Finneran's best featured actress mm-hmm. win speech? That one yes. always gets me, you know, single tier Lisa Renna at the reunion seasons. She talks. Seven. <laughs> she talks about following what you love and it being a roadmap to your dreams and everything. It's so good. It's it's very fun. I think it's like the magic of the Tonys is it is people's window into the theater community. All ages watch it. So it's people, you know, little kids are dreaming of being up there and accepting an award one day. Know. You know? Wait, and also the, the six performance had me gagged. And I think yeah, I like forget great. about six for some reason, which is so rude. Don't tell anyone I've ever said that. But I think just because like it came out before the pandemic and it's been in our lives even longer than that because it was on the West End and we've had yeah. the cast recording. But like seeing them perform, like what a moment that made me want to go go see it. Oh, definitely. That's that's always my um, like litmus test, because when we were kids, we'd watch the Tonys. And based on what performances we loved, we'd go see it on our summer vacation with our parents. Yeah. And I would say Six was one of those ones, as was Paradise Square. I thought their performance was phenomenal. Joaquina Kalokango was phenomenal. Another huge win that I loved. We could go on and on. And, you know, we'll probably do a little post-Tonys recap on our Patreon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which everyone, you know where to find that. You do. You hear it in the bumpers. But anyway, mm-hmm. Dylan, mm-hmm. bring in our guest because she watched the Tonys. She did today. Also, her energy it's, is incredible. It's amazing that we both worked all day staring at Zoom screens, had another podcast before this, and now have this podcast. And somehow we're still alive to tell She's the tale. Because our guest today is giving us energy. Yes. Our guest today is Amazing Girlfriends, starring as Rose in the summer splash of musical mayhem, Titanic. We are so glad she's joined us for this dramatic voyage tonight. Broadway audiences will recognize her talent from Catch Me If You Can and On A Clear Day You Can See Forever with Harry Connick Jr. She slayed in Paper Mill Playhouse's Hairspray as Penny Pingleton on tour with Legally Blonde and Thoroughly Modern Millie. They're playing our song and more across the nation in countless shows such as Idaho, a comedy musical, Scream, All Shook Up, White Christmas, Footloose, and Into the Woods. Her voice can also be heard on World of Warcraft, Red Dead Redemption, Disney's animated children's show, Vampirina, Nickelodeon's The Loud House. She's also appeared on television in Hot in Cleveland, Hollywood Darlings, The Goldberg, the fanatic with john travolta and chance of showers among many others she also lends her incredible voice as a singer in a yacht rock band called the harbor party we are so happy to have this queen with us today please welcome to drama alex, alex. alex. oh my god y'all are adorable are you guys related oh. <laughs> do you think we're fun you guys are so cute yes you're so fun and you also have phenomenal energy as well so right back at you oh my goodness oh my alex it is so lovely to meet you i will confess how I knew who you were many many years ago at some point during this interview but I'm first of all curious oh, I can't wait to hear yeah. this one <laughs> it's gonna be a reveal it's a I've reveal. literally I've literally come out of retirement back into the theater world so I'm like <laughs> it's like ghosts of Christmas past you know uh-uh. I'm like what do you know <laughs> I, well when I when we watched because we watched the Titanic was it a concert like almost a year ago it was like last oh, the live stream yes that was, that was that was a little scary for all of us i could imagine there was probably a lot of pressure really hard to do comedy uh in a dark void mm-hmm. when there's like nothing coming back at you so we were like what did we just do yeah do we still even want to do theater oh, I mean, it's probably like when <laughs> snl did those audience list shows you know yeah 100 percent. super we, weird but 
remind me, did you guys have any sort of audience that was there or no? I think there were like four or okay. five people. Okay. It was like right okay. when, you know, vaccines were coming out. I think it was like the beginning of 2021. So it was still like yeah. weird and like crazy mm-hmm. protocols, you know? Well, I know that we loved it. And obviously we're going to get into all things Titanic, but I'm curious about your thoughts on the Tony Awards. Oh, you know, I become such a softy every time the Tony Awards are on. I like go back to my like sixth or seventh grade self, like coming home to tape the Rosie O'Donnell show with a VHS. And I just remember Chris yes. performing my, a good man, Charlie Brown doing the quick change, going off stage, winning the Tony and coming back on. And I think I just like replayed that over and over. And so I like, you know, time travel back to that. And anytime I see somebody win, it's just like ultimate underdog, you know, yes. and you're just like mm-hmm. triumph. You want them to win. And so I was just a blubbering mess this morning before 9am catching up. Of course. Were you rooting for any show or performers in particular? You know, Matt Doyle and I go way back. Uh, we used yeah. to run around and cause a bunch of trouble in our early 20s. So I was super, super thrilled for him. He's so He's been so consistent in, in this city. So it was really awesome to watch that. And, you know, honestly, seeing such diversity and just such like awesome, funky, different humans accepting these magical awards like i was it was just wonderful to watch it was a melting pot of magic leah michelle found (laughs) a a spray tan oh my god she just got back from like you know tulum she she got back from tulum she She was really went for it i mean i it's amazing to watch Uh, god bless god God bless bless at the end of the day god bless but um (laughs) Look, I, I will not poo-poo a spray tan, though. Every, You know, a little spray tan goes a long way. You feel a little- Listen, a spray tan yeah. over a tanning bed any day. Yes, 100%. No. Oh, 100%. We're not doing no. tanning beds, ever. No. no. That, those got canceled. Yeah, a very long yeah, time I don't- ago. Yes. Although, although guilty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like in high school being like, I got to show my stomach on stage. We got to go tan. <laughs> it, was, it was like a thing. I mean, everyone was doing it. That was sort of, well... Maybe Jersey Shore vibes, like yeah, it was always it was the early aughts. Early aughts, the early aughts were a special time. Um, okay, so listen, Alex. Before we What's jump that? into your incredible career and everything that's going on currently, I am curious how you're doing. Are you well? I'm well. I'm really well, actually. Um, I will say it's I. You know, I live in LA. I've been in LA for ten years. Um, I write and shoot and produce my own stuff and and spin a bunch of plates out there. But you know, I've always kept my foot in the door here. But it's really interesting being like a newer more evolved version of myself back in an older place, like where a lot of, you know, where I lived 10 years ago. So it's this really interesting, like Venn diagram of like old stuff coming up, but like being a newer, you know, having a new lens on. So I I will say like this summer, I'm going to learn a ton and and being back in an eight show week, I will learn a ton. Um, But I feel really good. I feel really like proud and and happy and excited just to like make people laugh this summer you know that's what we all need right oh my god we need it so much Mm -hmm. we need it so much and and luckily titanic is an incredible vehicle of like cackle slapstick like where things aren't so precious Mm -hmm. we're in the we're in the basement of a graffiti's so you know like (laughs) it's all bets are off and it's just like a little bit of time to turn your brain off and just like laugh and breathe and you know slap your neighbor that's all literally. i want to do i mean it, there are moments in the show that are literally so stupid and like the, i mean that in the best way it is oh, like the, the kind of comedy that i absolutely love like it's 
it's not taking yes. itself too seriously, but it's also like brilliantly done. Yes. You know, I think it, it gives the actors and the audience like just permission to like relax a little bit, but also like, you know, we're doing what everyone's thinking, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, mm-hmm. we can say it, we can all say it, you know, we can all do it down here. So, so it's been really fun to create. And you're playing, yeah. you're playing an iconic role. I know. It's so crazy. <laughs> She's this quirky little ingenue that just, you know, wants the world. And and she kind of goes off the hinges towards, you know, on her journey. But I will say Rose in this show is pretty, is, is a, is kind of the backbone. She's kind yes. of, she's kind of facilitating lots of scenes and is kind of seeming and threading through. So it's definitely a workout. We did a run through yesterday, like our first invited dress with some friends. And I was just like drenched afterward. I was like, girl is out of show shape. (laughs) Oh my gosh. When do you guys start performances? So we start previews this week and then we open June 23rd. So a week Ooh. from Thursday, we'll like, it'll be set and we'll have our days back. Hopefully. Oh my God, I'm, you will. And it's an incredible cast. I mean, Frankie Grande ah. is a part of this. Yes. And of course, our pal Con, Constantine, I was going to call him Connie. Constantine Rasuli yeah. is in it. And he's actually how we got in touch with you because we had him yeah. on the podcast. We, we were literally like, together. Connie, who do you know that would be good for the pod? And he was like, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Connie, it's so funny. Connie and I have parallel lives. We had the same agents in our twenties here. We moved out to LA. We got the same car. We've played in the same shows. Like we've like, we're always together. And we added Marla Mandel, a crazy, crazy kooky into the bunch. And so the three of us are like three's company, but aliens. Mm -hmm. And you all fit the roles you're playing so well in Titanic. It's crazy. Like, I'd love it. We were all like, let's move to LA and get hair extensions and nails and be famous. And then we ended up, you know, singing for a dollar in a bar in Los Feliz. And we were doing those, like, those parody mashup mm-hmm. musicals. We did, we did Scream yes. uh, one Halloween with, like, all 90s music. And we were all just, you know, kind of commiserating by the bar afterwards. It was a bunch of fun. But we were like, what else could we do? What could we create on our own? And we were like, what if we did, like... Hunger Games and Whitney Houston, or what if we did like Titanic and Celine Dion and like you're Rose and I'm did like we just it just like kind of came out and then like the magic started to unfold. It was really crazy how it happened. Yeah, that's so cool because it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense if you're gonna do a Titanic musical, which I guess they they have, but if you're gonna do one, <laughs> why not do the iconic Celine song in it and then add in the rest of her discography? And, you know, to be honest, this is, this is a show about the movie. It is not making fun of the Titanic or the lives or, you know, what actually happened. It's, it's this, we're this, you know, we're Celine's marionettes and it's this total like parody, like, you know, fever dream, you know. Has anyone related to the movie or anything like that caught wind of this? Not, not that I know of yet. I'm hoping it'll catch fire, like low key, you know, like the rumblings in New York and like some, some people will show up, but I I know Celine's team knows, but, um, but I'm not sure like who else in the movie knows yet. I I need Kathy Bates at opening. I know. Oh my God. I know. I know. Kathy, who plays Kathy Bates, is yeah. with a young Kathy Bates on like American Horror Story. It's like so funny. Oh, that was her. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah, exactly. I, she, yeah. She's, she was amazing, by the way. Also, everyone's scene stealing. Like, it's like one of those shows where everyone has their moments. Yeah, everyone is a leading, is a leading lady, mm-hmm. you know, and yes. everyone has the chops. So, and it's really fun too, because we all knew each other back in the day. And so, like, it's really not, like, new Frankie before all the stuff, you know, and just like, new. <laughs> Just, we all knew each other. We were all in callbacks together all the time. So 
it's it's cool to come back together but like again older a little more refined a little more evolved yeah of course so yeah you were obviously gone from new york for a decade but as i previewed earlier i came to know you because you were what we would call a vlogger you know back in the day oh for my, my favorite musical of all time catch me if you can that was also a magical moment like all the childhood dreams happened in like six months it was like mm-hmm. you know broadway debut cover carrie go on for carrie tony awards cast recording um and then this youtube channel was like hey can we ask the producers if we can you know follow your journey and they were like sure so it was just like all the doors open that year, mm-hmm. you know? I just remember you had the best energy. I mean, it's you're still the same girl. Okay. Like, it, it's crazy to watch that. Like, I saw it come up in my recommended videos, like, a couple of months ago. And I was like, God, I can't watch this because I watched it forever ago. Right? And it's like, it holds a special place. But it's so cool that there's that time capsule of that time in your life. And I remember you telling a story that it came down to choosing either Catch Me If You Can or another project, yeah, right? It, yeah, it was either cover Marla Mandel and Sister Act or cover Carrie Butler. And I was like, I'm not covering Marla. That's my best friend. I'm, covering her. I'm not going to be in a habit making my Broadway debut. I want to be sexy, you know? Mm-hmm. I also just come off the heels of hairspray at Paper Mills. So I was already like, with the team and kind of knew Mark and Scott and, and Matt Lenz has been such an ally for me. And so I was like, I want to go and Jerry. And so mm-hmm. I just wanted to go with the hairspray family. Cause I love Penny Pingleton as well. So I was like, I want yeah. to be in that world, but yeah, I booked, a, you know, it took many years to gain the casting director's confidence and trust and, and to keep going in. But like, finally one day the skies parted and I booked two shows in one day. So it was wild. It was wild. That's ridiculous. Like, yeah. that is so crazy. And then it happened again with On a Clear Day and and Hugh Jackman's Christmas special. So I had to choose again for that, too. Which was wild. I was like, what is happening? This is the craziest year ever. <laughs> How did you make the choice between those two? Again, I don't know. You choose door number one or two. But I was mm-hmm. like, Hugh Jackman's is limited. You know, On a Clear Day is, you know, but we closed at the same freaking time. Like, we closed mm-hmm. at the same time. It was like, I probably, you know, maybe should have done Hugh. But and that was one season after another, right? Or was yeah, it... it was 2011, 2012. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you were, you were having your it. time of dreams. You have to indulge me because I love Catch Me If You Can so much. Yeah. And I've only, we've only had Jay Johnson on and he oh. gave only little, little snippets because he never even went on, I you know, know, in the show. I know. We were gunning <laughs> for him. We're like, I know. show. Come on, Aaron. I know. And um, I'm just so curious what that experience was like for you looking back now you know, this was 2010 or 11. Yeah. And now 11. you're new, you're new Alex in New York. Yeah. You know what I mean? New York, New, <laughs> new York, no, sure. Like, you know, it was wild. Cause I had to do a, I had to do another dance callback, like a final callback where they were already doing pre-production up at Valley Hispanica on the upper West. So yes. like, your final callback is going to be with the girls. So I walk in to Angie Shore, Rochelle Rock, mm-hmm. Jen Frankel, Lisa Guida, like legends. And, legs and, you know, as well, I, legs. Legs and legends. And like Rack is, you know, I saw Rack do I Gotcha in Fosse in high school, like live. And then I went to the stage door and she came comes out in this fur coat and these boots. And I'm just like, oh my God, I, I just, I want the, all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, I'm in this room and I get lined up and we have to do this kick line. You know, it was wild. But so that was like, that was like, welcome. Jerry told me on the spot that I got it. And then you know, cut oh. to, I'm in a dressing room with these 10 women. And that is the real show. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wild. Those it's are the real auditions. too. Yeah. It was like, it was like 
musical theater grad school. You know, I was like, oh, I got my MFA in the summer with these badass legends that had stories for days and also just took me under their wing. And they were very kind to me and, and loving and, and just kind of taught me the ropes. So I had like a magical dreamy six months of like childhood dreams, like coming true over and over every day with that show. Well, I remember, I, I don't remember what the circumstances were during the pandemic, but I remember you also posting on social media that that was like the singular best experience you had of working as a cover and as in an ensemble with a company. Was it about like my non-union days? Maybe. It, I think that's I what think it there was. was. A lot of, I think there was a lot of chaos going on with equity and okay. with kind of like when, when everything started to really become transparent and very vocal. And I, I think I just, I don't know, I got inspired one morning and I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just got to like, heal I, I had to heal a, a, you know a big part of myself because I booked Millie and Thoroughly Modern Millie right out of college I was like 22 it was Troika it was bus bus and truck one-nighter it was a grueling schedule if you looked at the map it would look like a child scribbled all over where we went like we were we were driving 10 hour days to go in to do a show I probably sang gimme gimme like 20 200 times I was just like fried like mental mm-hmm. breakdown beyond but we were just overworked and underpaid and and not taken care of and so I just kind of was like you know for any up and coming you know kid that's coming out of school that like will do anything like just be super careful yeah. non-union because you'll get totally you know ramsacked yeah wow I'm so sorry that that experience happened I, I don't know if things have gotten any better I know like networks has a hairspray tour out that seems to be little bit longer legs than (laughs) previous. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Like I will say like the silver lining for that is like, nothing will ever be that hard for me. Mm. Like a double show day. Now I'm like, please, I got through like 12 show week of Millie. Like I'm good, (laughs) but it it was very hard at the time. But now I, you know, looking back, I'm like, I'm happy. I went, you know, I survived, I finished, I didn't quit. And I just wanted to have that final bow. And and then I went and threw myself off the ledge. Right. (laughs) (laughs) What happened between Millie and then catch me if you can. Yeah. So there was about five years, right. Of waiting tables at the Brooklyn diner in Times Square and going to EPAs and doing regional theater. Um, I did Pittsburgh CLO. I did Maine State. I did a gunkwit. Um, the greats. Yeah. I was like, got to check those off. Got to do paper mill. Yeah. I'd like just, you know, we'd go do summer stuff, but it was just, you know, getting your equity card and, you know, just again, being in, a, being in uh, New York to do workshops and stuff. And then, and then finally I went, after I got back, I went and did Cirque du Soleil, did the Banana Spiel uh, workshop, which was <laughs> wild. And, uh, <laughs> it was and bananas. Came, yeah, it was actual, literal bananas. But I came back and was like, I'm not leaving the city anymore. Because, like, you can work, yeah. but you're not in the city. And, like, the goal is to work here, right? So then I was like, I'm going to sit down. And by the end of that last year is when when the doors opened. Wow. Ooh. And uh, what was it like working with my favorite of all time, Aaron Tveit in Kesmith? <laughs> oh, it was so good. Yeah. You know, it was funny. Aaron and I, and we used to hang out with the crowd, like in Astoria when we all had graduated college and moved. So like knew who he was. He used to date one of my friends back in the day. So like knew of him, but didn't know him too well. But then got to work with him and got to go on for Carrie. And I mean, it was great. I was like, He's, kidding, he's coming in to kiss me. He's coming in to kiss me. He's kissing me. Yeah. You know? I was like, this is the best day ever. <laughs> Gosh, then, and you that- know, got to sing Fly, Fly Away. I was oh. like, I am nailing today. Mm-hmm. I was literally just going to say, and then Fly, Fly Away, I feel like, like instantly entered the canon as one of those incredible songs. And what a featured role, too. I mean, she comes in in the second act, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy track. Like she, she does a few, a few bits and bobs in the first mm-hmm. act and then kind of just comes in and like, you know, puts her cookie on center and goes for it. So. Yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, thank you for indulging me. I appreciate you that, filling us in on that. But wait, so for Clear sure. Day, that was like sort of like Jesse Mueller's like introduction yeah. to the world. That was like her discovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think she came, Jesse came from Chicago. And, um, and now look and I, at her. I remember like there were, I, I was picked up at the very end. So I didn't know about this project really. I knew it, I knew it was in the works for a long time. Um, and my girlfriend, Alicia Umfrith was like a part of it for a long time. So like I knew a few people, but then I think Alicia had done the reading for a long time. And then, and then came in. there was some back and forth and yeah. Wow. And then popped up and, and I mean, she's been seamless ever since. I know, oh my God. So when you moved to LA, is that when you did all the TV, like hot in Cleveland and all those yeah, projects? You know, I was like, I'm going to LA, bye New York. And then I landed in Venice and was like, what the fuck did I just do? Because uh, truth be told, New York and LA don't communicate. You know, like, it's not like I can bring my New York creds and my New York energy to LA. It's like, nice try, sweetie, like get in line, Mm. you know, like get in the back of the DMV. So, um, you know, it was a few years of some depression sure. and I'm like, what am I doing? And, and, and I was so, I was so tired of having to sing every day and every week that I was like, I, I don't even want to sing right now. Like it was just like a big exodus and a big shift and like a kind of a, a really big reset of like, what does Alex want to do? Wow. So it took a while, it took a while, but then, but then of course, if you stay and if you grind and if you begin, you know, have a discipline, I started to meditate that changed my life and it continues to change my life and kind of get those anchors and those tools. Then, then, you know, the doors start opening there. So it started with commercials, right? It started with like, I played a mom, I played, I think I booked like four or five commercials in one year where I played a mom and I was like, I'm still not a mom and I'm (laughs) the most LOL thing ever, but whatever, I'll, I'll do it. You know, and then like got into animation and then TV. And so, you know, it starts to layer, but it's still a grind out there. It's, it's very slow. Sometimes you get a big wave and then you got to go wait, you know? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Wait. So what do you, you, what do you do with voiceover work? Like I saw that you, you were in like worlds of Warcraft and things like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I did this amazing demo for Benj Pasek and Justin Paul for this animated movie that they were working on a few years ago for Sony. And it was like this epic like a like like high school or like let it go animated song and it was kind of like this little tool that I had so I I floated it around and I got in with a really good agency and so I'm like very much in the animation world so I'm this vampire voice I'm I play a vampire I'm vampirina um and I play this eighth grade cheerleader named Jenna on the Loud House Nickelodeon with a lot of video games I'm obsessed with animation like it, it is the most fun it's very good money it's it's you I literally just talking funny voices like half the day so i mean it's not that deep but it's a blast that's you know? so cool yeah. and so we are is like the loud house you're still on the show yeah i'm on it this year it's my first year on it so year. I, yeah they just brought me back for another episode which i got to record in new york which is fun oh i love oh it God. i guess yeah. i was gonna ask like so when you're doing these voiceovers are you do you see the character or are you kind of just reading lines and they match you to yeah. it? okay sometimes you'll get a like a stencil like when even when you get the sides you'll get the picture of the character and like the breakdown and then you just kind of you know for voiceover mp3s you just do your character what lines 
if there's like efforts in between, like she laughs or she jumps or she, you know, spits, like you kind of put those efforts in it, but you're just doing that one character line. And then, you know, if they're like, this character must sing, then I'll tack on either the demo or do like, you know, Taylor Swift or Kylie Rae Jepsen or just like something in the world of these mm-hmm. characters. It's so fun. fascinating. Yeah, it's really and you cool. can do it from home. That is the best. So that's the thing. It's like since the last two years, I'm like, oh my God, I could be, I can travel and do it. You know, like I can be anywhere and kind of set up. Yeah. So that's been really. You have a lot yeah. of tools in your tool belt. And I'm like, you're like, I'm like, you did Millie, you're doing voices. You're now, you also are in a yacht, yacht rock band. Like there's so many different yeah. things that you have going on. And we do like to kind of go to the beginning to sort of trace the path that leads to where sure. you are now. Sure. And we call it the ring of keys moment. It's as a theater person, I'm sure you know what that means. It's sort of like a moment in fun yeah. home when Allison sees yes. herself, but we've, you know, co-opted it to be about when you see yourself in your moment. art and it's bitten by the bug as you, as you might've said earlier, you, feel you had a ring of keys. Yeah. There's, there's two moments that stick out. I mean, uh, I think I was four or five and my parents took me to the winter garden to see cats uh, like the og cast my mom's from upstate new york so we were like you know on our way up there but uh, but they took us to new york and um i was like who is victoria the white cat i was just like and you know in the first few rows they come mm-hmm. up to you and i was i was just like this is the most magical thing so went would listen to the the record for you know every day after school I knew that that and like Starlight Express like kind of started to get to learn those musicals all Angela Rivers and in the eighth grade my mom took me on my big New York trip and I saw Big the Musical in intermission I went to the bathroom and sobbed in the bathroom stall and held up the line because I wanted to be on stage so badly I cried myself to sleep. I mean, I was just like, I, I, I'm, I'm sick over it. And then like saw the original rent that same weekend and was like, I, like, I I have to be, I'm I'm moving here immediately after school. Life changing. I've, I'm not familiar with big. It, you know, I, what I saw was like a girl, a girl's my age up there dancing and singing and being in New York and like not having to be in school. You know, it was just like, oh my God, anywhere but school. Right. And just yeah. like, <laughs> I just want to be doing what these kids are doing. And they're just like dancing their butts off. I remember so much. I used to look up auditions on playbill.com uh-huh. and like uh, backstage when it was like, when we had dial up and there was like a, there was an audition for sound of music at Bender. Uh, and I like demanded, I was like, mom, call them. I must go. I, we're going. And like she did. And they let me come up and audition. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was just like, so persistent. Was that the, uh, the Rebecca Luker one? I don't even Probably. remember. I think so. I, I totally bombed that shit. I was like, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing in the room, but like, I'm going, you know? <laughs> who was like, like probably saying Castle on a Cloud, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, probably. Who, who were you like obsessed with? Like who were your pop culture influences, theater, theater or otherwise? Well, I mean, I had every playbill memorized. So I like loved all the OG, like 90s, like theater people. Mm-hmm. Like I was obsessed with Marianne Lamb, like all the Chicago women, you know, original rack. But like when it comes to like movies and stuff, I, I don't know. Like I, I tended to sway towards like, God, this is so weird. Like Kevin Klein. Like uh-huh. I love like male actors. <laughs> I don't know. Mary Louise Parker oh, loved yes. like just. I was obsessed with Adina and Kristen, mm-hmm. like saw, you know, I think my freshman year of college saw their original Wicked, just like, but I was such a Broadway, like obsessed. Like I had bi- their bios memorized, mm-hmm. you know? Oh yeah. I get it. I get God, it. Remember the, that, that feeling, you know, it was so special. And 
I wish you could it bottle was. it up. You know, it's, it's so cool. Yeah. It, you know, the, this art form helped me survive my childhood. Um, 100%. I lost my father when I was 16. Oh, sorry. Really quickly. Thanks. But it, it was just like the, the anchor that like helped me survive that version of myself helped me survive all of that chaos. Yeah. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. And so then what, an, what probably what an interesting transition that happened that you mentioned, you know, your Saturn was returning when you moved to LA and you were becoming this new, this new version of yourself too. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. Um, the night of the Tony awards for catch me if you can, I, I just remember like, checking in for a moment and and I remember like I was getting ready to go on and I'm like oh my god here it is Alex like this is it like here you are and it was like this voice of God or whatever came into me and was like you will be back but you are leaving wow and I was like I know that I was I knew that I was leaving New York like I just knew that I was leaving it soon and it was like but you will be back but it's like I gotta go away to come back mm-hmm. like whatever that meant and so I just kind of kept following that feeling and that those breadcrumbs that like I just knew I needed to like go see what else was going on you know and like I'd always daydream about California as well you know like everybody does you know when you see it in the movies you're like it's so magical and it is it's a magical place but I, you know it's funny that 10 years later I'm back here you know but I'm with something that I created yeah. with my friends yeah. You're literally going to make me sob because obviously I'm in my feels now as my Saturn is returning. And yeah, yeah uh, yes. Better out than it. Did you like move into a sublet? Cause you have like this gorgeous background. And- <laughs> yeah, actually, yes. This is a, this is a friend of mine, an actor friend of mine, sublet. He's uh, shooting a show, uh, like I think out of the country this summer. Oh, cool. So it kind of just worked out perfectly. And I also was like, you know, I want a doorman. I want an elevator. I want to experience a dishwasher in New York. Like there were things that I was like leaving, you know, leaving New York and going to LA and the quality of life was very important for me. Yeah, Um, Space is so important for me. The older I get, I'm like, I just want space. Yeah. So this has been a really lovely, lovely little Long Island city apartment that I get to hang out Ooh, in. Oh, that's a cute area too. Where do you guys live? Do you guys live together? Are you in other rooms? No. What's happening? <laughs> Usually oh, that was God. the case. We don't live together anymore. So the reason why you're like, your words hit me about leaving New York is we left New York during the pandemic and moved to Cleveland and Connor went back to New York, but I moved to Columbus, Ohio with my boyfriend. So oh, you're in Columbus. So I'm in Columbus now. It's been a year. We us. How's it going? I'm living my best life. Like, are you loving it? Absolutely. It's a, it's an artsy city, and it's. Yeah. I went to college at Ohio State, and it's Connor did too. So it's like totally. being back in a place that you experience, but now as an adult in a different way is so yeah. cool. It's like it's weird. a different lens, yeah. right? So I'm like loving this right now, but like watching the Tonys last night, and like anytime I go back to New York, I'm going to be going next or in two weeks for Pride. I'm always like. Oh, New York. Like, know. you know, was I done you know, with it? The funny thing is, though, is like, I literally have those same feelings and I'd come back, but now I'm really back and I'm like, it is the literal same. Uh-huh. Like, it, it's the same streets. It's the same built, you know, it's all the same. And so to any actor listening to this, like, I can't stress how important it is to get out of New York. Mm. And to go and to get out of LA and to go live and do other things and have a different job for a while and dabble in something else. And like, I think what's really interesting and what, I don't know, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but like growing up and being in college and kind of as society, we're taught to like, do one thing. Mm -hmm. I'm a lawyer. I'm in banking. I'm an architect. I, you know, I'm a mom, like whatever. And as an artist, I'm like, we got to be hummingbirds, mm-hmm. right? We got to be like spinning all the things and tasting this and dabbing this and seeing what's over here and doing this because 
that's what creates your toolbox, right? Oof. I've never heard anybody call it being a hummingbird before, but that is so cool and so right? specific. But you're right. Like, remember in high school and even college, they'd be like, oh, what do you want to do? What do you want right? to be when you grow up? And it was, it's like picking one thing. And now that feels like such a foreign thought. It's such old programming. Mm-hmm. It's such old programming that doesn't apply to our generation and doesn't apply to the people below us either. And it's like so interesting that like we were so swayed by others' opinions too. Oh, yeah. Like, wait, I actually just want to be an artist and I don't know what that looks like, right. but I don't, you know, sitting at a desk, like for myself, I've tried it multiple times, but like I die inside. Mm-hmm. Like I just can't do it. Now, now you mentioned you write some of your own stuff now. Yeah. What, are you working on anything in particular? I actually just, okay. So I grew up in North Carolina and I grew up listening to like country music and hip hop. And I went to like every rap concert back in the day. And there was this epic rapper who's still out. I mean, he's, he's such a badass. His name's Petey Pablo. He's got, he did Freak a Leak, which is this really, if you heard the, if you heard the song, you'd be like, oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) He was huge in my day. And He's, you know, in his later forties now. And I just, we shot, I wrote and shot and produced a, a, a short film musical with him. Oh my God. Where he goes to his first uh, therapy session and I play his therapist and I hypnotize him and we go into this big band jazz version of Freakily. Oh, how fun. And we shot it at the Gary Marshall Theater and it's just like this crazy fever dream as well. So I'm like, you know, being in LA, what I realized as well, it was the same with New York, like, if you're waiting for the phone, like, sweetie, it's going to be a long day. Mm. So, like, you have to make your own shit. You have to do your own stuff. And, like, even with Titanic, like, you have to do your own thing. And, like, look what's happening. Right. Yeah. Like, you no, never could have so- imagined when you guys were in, you say, Los Feliz, or where, where were you at? Yeah. Doing, like, chatting yeah, about it. it? Like We'd be doing this, you know, five years later. You know, it's interesting. Somebody won the Tony last night, Deidre O'Connell. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And, and they said, I would love for this little prize to be t- a token for every person who is wondering, should I make something that could work on Broadway, win me a Tony? Or should I make the weird thing that is haunting me, that frightens me, that I don't know how to make, that I don't know if anyone in the whole world will understand? Mm. Like the message I took away from the Tonys last night was like, oh my God, thank you for reminding me to like put the weird stuff out. Yeah. Like, you know, I haven't released this short film yet with Petey and like, I'm nervous because it, it, it's, it's, you know, it's a hybrid of mental health meets hip hop and it's, I, there's this white girl wrote it and it's, you know, there's just a lot of elements to sure. it, but it's like, you got to put it out there, you know, you got to make the thing, put it out there and go on to the next. Right. right? Absolutely. Yeah. That actually probably was my favorite win of the night. Mine too. Because it was no. so unexpected. And well, because cool. how many times we walk around with like a brilliant idea or you make something and you're sitting on it, but you're like, Oh my God, is it, are people gonna, you know, you start to, the, the monkey chatter starts yes. and you're like, maybe this is, maybe I'm so weird. And like, you're going to think I'm crazy. Yes. Every I'm week like, we release an episode on this podcast. And I literally think, Oh, I have like an identity crisis every, you know, it's yeah. I get it. I get it. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. Well, we are sadly wrapping up, but we like to end on a dose of drama, something to leave our listeners with. Maybe, you know, like Deirdre O'Connell left, left the Tony viewers with the message about creating that weird art and, you know, trusting your gut. Our doses of drama here could be anything. It could be something on your mind that you want to rant about, rave about, share, um, lament on. And I am feeling dramatic about something because, you know, my life has been spinning out of control since moving back to New York, um, you know, 10, 11 months ago. And, I missed parts of myself that I was able to develop during lockdown. And that's like something I've been grappling with because during COVID, 
we all spoke so much about how, you know, we were able to pause and breathe and have, make time for things. And life really just kicked right back into it. And it it's very upsetting. But like, you know, Alex, like you even mentioned meditating for you. That was something I did all of 2020 when when the pandemic started. And I completely fell out of it. And I guess my drama is that like, I'm feeling sad that I lost it, but I know I can bring it back. And I think I need to just get back into my meditation. Yeah. You know, I think a really hard thing, I mean, even just the last few years, but in general is the permission to give ourselves more and having this and, and, and creating a discipline to get yourself out of the headspace that you're stuck in. It's really trippy. It really is. And it, and it takes a lot of discipline and a lot of time and, and not having the luxury of time because you have to go back into the system or have to go back into managing is grieving. It's, it's like, it's a death, right? Yes. It's major, but like, I can't stress like the best thing I ever did was get into therapy and start meditating because this is freaking hard. Being a human is hard. This is really difficult. And like, nobody knows, no, we all don't know what we're doing. Right. And so we're just trying to have some sort of anchor, some sort of foundation. And I, and especially as an artist, you have to kind of create that out of nothing because we don't have structure. Like I don't go to a, I don't go to a nine to five. So I'm like, Oh my God, there's nothing to hold on to. Right. Mm -hmm. So the importance of being grounded and having those tools, like I, validate you and and definitely like can't stress how much meditation has helped help me stay in this business (laughs) (laughs) I love it I don't know I'm a huge advocate of mental health and and normalizing it and you're not no one's crazy right Mm -hmm. they're not going crazy that's just what anxiety is and being able to label it and being able to be like yeah I do need some help and there's tools and there's help and, you know, you can do anything you set your mind to for sure. It's all within our power. It's all within our grasp. We just, yes. oh, you're saying these, these huge things, but they're coming out so naturally and normally, like it's, it's really incredible. It's like, you believe these things and you practice them. So they're just the truth. I do honestly, because there was a very long time and it started in my late twenties and my early thirties that I felt very bad for a very long time. And I didn't get on any medication because I wanted to see if I could course correct it without it. And if people need it, I am all for it. I am not poo-pooing it in one bit. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yes, do what you have to do. But I will say, like, sitting and putting the time in and really going inward and figuring out what what the actual voice is, where your actual voice is, as opposed to all the fog and the ego like being able to get to that, you do feel better. You will feel better. Like I am on the other side of that, of that mountain. There's more coming, mm-hmm. but like, you know, I'm through that, which I know where you guys are at. And I'm like, I promise it gets really good. And it feels really good. Like just keep going. Oh, you are so love. amazing. <laughs> I know. I'm I love obsessed. it. Well, yeah. my dose of drama is a bit of a pivot, but I would be remiss to not mention during this month how much I'm loving All Star Seven of Drag Race. I don't, do you watch Drag Race, Alex? I've caught. I used to. I've caught a few. Okay. Um, yes. No. I am very like aware. We have a. We actually have a huge Drag Race moment in the show. So like. Oh. Okay. Okay. Very yes. fun. I love it. Uh, this new so season. Joyful. Oh, yeah. It, and that's like the thing is like it's like that hour a week that I just so look forward to of just yes. like fun. And because of the way this season is formatted, no one goes home and everyone is celebrated every week. It feels so much fun to watch and. Maybe there's not as much drama as usual, but I have this great idea for trademark drag race meets Project Runway. I think designers should get matched with drag queens because like some of the some of the queens bring in like these epic gowns where others don't have the resources. And I'm like, oh my God, put these magical designers with these queens and like 
go off, right? I know. Why hasn't it happened yet? I, I believe know. that was an original concept for the show. It was going to be, it? It was gonna be that they would bring their designer with them. Yeah. And the two, and then they, I think they just wanted to focus it more on the queens and whatnot. But there are so many spinoffs of the same thing, Drag yeah. Race now. Why not change it up a little bit, you know? Because the know. designers never get credit. And they're the ones who make the queens look so good. Yeah, their outfits are incredible. Our friend Robbie always says that they should have the designers, like when they walk out, it should say it like in a, like a little yeah, lower third. Yeah, give them like, a shout out. Yeah, something like that. Because it could direct people to their social media or Venmo or something. I don't know. It um, could. Anyways, I'm I loving love- it. I'm Team Raja. I'm also Team Jinx. I hope that everyone who's watching it is loving it as well. <laughs> um, Alex, do you yeah. have a dose of drama for us today? You know, I don't know if I have... I'm literally trying to think. I'm like, do I have any tea? Like, what can I tell you? What do I know? But I, I honestly don't. Like, I, I just... Uh, I'm really excited about the show this summer. Yes. I really hope that you guys come. I hope that your friends come. It is it is an hour and a half of turning your brain off and just getting to enjoy life and forgetting about our troubles. And, you know, I said this summer, I was like, what do I want, like, my mission to be? Like, why am I doing this? What is the intention? And it's like, you know, to heal through humor. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not curing cancer on that stage, but we are healing some hearts. And we are, you know, having everybody, you know, take a deep breath. Yes. So I just hope that that can permeate throughout this city while we're doing it. Oh, yeah. Do you have any matinees? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have du- we got double Saturdays, double Sundays, honey. Well, I was going to say, wouldn't it be fun to do like a boozy brunch and come? Yeah. Oh, see the show? please come drunk. <laughs> the more you breathe, the better. Like, live your life right? with your friends. There's a, bar, there's a bar in the basement down there. Good. So, like. Well, yeah, you mentioned it's below a Gracidis. Where is this? Like, what's the venue? It's at the Asylum Theater, which is the okay. old UCB. So it's in, in, oh yeah. Like the UCB Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. They kind of, they, they renovated it and they've, you know, they've catered to our renderings and our space. So, I mean, it's fun. It's like, it's, it's a game. When Connor and I first moved to New York, we used to go see the comedian Michelle Collins there like once a month. So many legends have, have been down in that basement. Oh yeah. Good juju in there. It's a good time. And I'm glad to hear they renovated it because there was sometimes a smell. But anyways. Um... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's still there. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Well, it's like, it's, you know, the Titanic. It's water. It's, you're in the ocean. Oh, I can't. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I think you're going to do just that as, you know, heal hearts with humor. And it's, it's going to be so much fun. I'm definitely coming. Yes. Definitely bringing friends. You never know when you go. Ariana Grande might be in the audience, you know? You never know. She's definitely going to show up. Yeah. She support. Yeah. She loves her brother, so she'll definitely be there at some point. Well, listen, yeah. everyone should follow Alex online. You're on Twitter at Alex Spencer, right? Oh my God, I think I deleted Twitter. Like, what is? Well, Twitter? I will say it's still out there, but <laughs> <laughs> but we'll send people to yeah, your I can Insta. only do one thing. My '80s baby's brain. I'm like, what social media? <laughs> uh, I fight it with every fiber of my being. I'm I'm really hanging out on Instagram. At- ALS three. Yeah. Amazing. Everyone should follow you there. You'll find the the Titanic pages there as well. And come, come along and have fun this summer. It's going to be amazing. Come along our voyage. It's kooky crazy. You guys. Oh my God. I love it. Um, Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you for spending this time with us. Alex. Of course. Thank you for having me. You guys are lovely. Thank you. Beautiful little piece of light. Little sweetheart. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Well, everyone who is listening, maybe for the first time, make sure you follow us. We're at the Drama Podcast. Connor is at Connor McDowell. I'm at Dylan McDowell. And Connor, I'll see you next time. Drama. Drama.